Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You, production of iHeartRadio. It's time for another Feminist Movie Friday. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. And this time we're tackling the long-awaited, as in a lot of you have requested it, suggested it, 1996 cult classic, The Craft. The Craft. It was so good, too. I just I just forgot how good it was. I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it. I hadn't seen it in a long time. And I've actually only seen it once previously, maybe like three or four years ago. Mm. So I had a good time. Yeah. So it stars Nev Campbell, Rachel True, Robin Tooney, and Firuza Balk. It was directed by Andrew Fleming and written by Peter Filardi. And they actually had a Wiccan consultant on mm. set. Apparently, the casting was a bit difficult because studios weren't used to seeing films with four main female protagonists. Oh, my gosh. <gasps> what? I know. Despite campaigning very hard for a PG-13 rating, the MPAA rated it R because it had teenagers and black magic. Oh, no, not black magic. And particularly women. But I, I will say personally, I would say the—and this is a good segue into our trigger warning—suicide attempt— Rated mm-hmm. R, perhaps, but it's, mm-hmm. I guess it's not super. I don't know. I, th- that's just tricky to depict. Again, this is 96, so of course, our variation of what should be rated what was a little different at that point in time, too. True. Oh, very true. Uh, so, yeah, trigger warning for brief mentions of that uh, abuse and attempted rape. Um, and shout out to to Skylar and LV and others. Maybe there's a lot going on <laughs> um, for joining us on our Netflix watch party. That was really fun. Right. I think we're going to try to attempt it again, especially um, as we maintain our social distancing and self-quarantining. Even though people are trying to slowly let people out, we will remain. <laughs> yeah. I'm staying in. I'm staying in my yeah. home studio. I'm going to work on my cosplay. I don't know if you can see behind me, Samantha. Here's my... My Luke Skywalker cosplay I'm working on. Oh, okay. So, yeah, we'll definitely try to do that again, and, and especially now that we know how to do it, because I've actually, that was my first time using um, Netflix Party. I've been using uh, things like Scener or uh, 2.7, where you can have the video chat, but this was it was pretty easy. Now we know how to do it, so keep an eye out for that. Right, and definitely reminiscent of, like, 90s AOL chat rooms. Yeah, 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 which was perfect. It <laughs> I loved the it. the vibe. Yes. Um, and, yeah, if any any listeners, like, just send your suggestions. If there's any movie you think would be cool for us to watch as an audience together, um, we're down. Yes. So, yeah, I missed this when it first came out. I guess I would have been in elementary school, so it would have been weird for me to see it. Not unheard of, but... Uh, no. What about you? Do you remember the first time you saw it, Samantha? Oh, I was 16. So, yeah, I definitely was all about this movie because I loved the ideas of witches and vampires and all of that, the mystics type of thing. Mm-hmm. So I was I was ready. Of course, I was very Christian, too, so I had to hide it from my parents. Oh, yeah. So I would go to friends' houses, just kind of like MTV. I couldn't watch MTV at the house, so my, at my friend's house, it was playing 24-7. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no. Not MTV. <laughs> the, Scandalous. The sinful sinful MTV where they show the bikini bodies. Why? Oh, my God. Um, I remember I wanted to see it when I would got older and I would see the poster of them kind of like walking out of the light and they're in their kind of gothic but Catholic school wear. Oh, yeah. and 
I thought, you know what? I need to see this movie. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, just the walking, shredding together mm. in line and in rhythm, that makes you want to be like, hey, girls, let's practice this and we're going we're gonna to enter this way as well. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Um, and because of its popularity, it is getting an indirect sequel, I think. Or I couldn't tell if it was a sequel or a remake, but something's happening. They're, they're doing something with it. <laughs> Right. I know there's been conversations. There's been conversations of a lot of these being uh, remade and/or having sequels. Mm-hmm. As we we're going to talk a little bit more about all of the remakes that's happening. But I did see Balk was a part of this one, right? The sequel. I think so. I believe so. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's talk about the plot in case anyone Do uh, doesn't remember or hasn't seen it. The plot centers around Sarah Bailey, who is played by Tooney, um, and she is starting at a Catholic school, a new Catholic school in L.A. after she made a suicide attempt. She makes friends with three outsiders, Bonnie, played by Campbell, Rochelle, played by True, and Nancy, played by Balk. They believe that Sarah can complete their coven. Uh, They need four people, earth, wind, fire, and water, one for each. Um, And they are nicknamed by others at the high school as the Bitches of Eastwick. Classy. Yes. Um, Each are dealing with a specific issue that they're excited that maybe magic can solve for them from physical scars, racism, emotional pain, and poverty. And at their most basic, these are issues of power, beauty, love, and revenge. I guess ultimately all of them are power. Right. and, And control. Everything seems great at first, and they find power and sanctuary in their bond. But of course, it can't last, as Nancy, jealous of Sarah's status as a natural witch, keeps pushing the boundaries of power, rendering their friendship toxic and outright dangerous. When Sarah attempts to bind Nancy's powers to protect them, the coven turns on her, sending Sarah nightmares, awful false visions. They threaten her. They set hordes of rats and snakes and insects on her. They try to manipulate her into believing she was responsible for the deaths in her life, including her mom and her like semi-would-be boyfriend, who's actually a total jerk. They try to persuade her to take her own life. In retaliation, Sarah forces Rochelle and Bonnie to face their worst fears and is able to successfully bind Nancy's powers. Rochelle and Bonnie, now powerless as well, attempt to make amends with Sarah, but she rebuffs them. They mock her, calling her powerless in response, kind of like, you know, they've, the backs have turned, but they say it loud enough where she can hear mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. But Sarah proves that she isn't by summoning a lightning strike. Meanwhile, Nancy is confined to a psychiatric hospital. End of movie. End of movie, of course. Um, the movie debuted to not so great, kind of okay reviews, but over the years has become a cult classic, as we can see. There's cosplay and fan fiction and other types of fan art and merchandise. And according to Robin Tooney, actress Natalie Portman bought a copy of The Craft as her guilty pleasure movie to a bachelorette party, which I agree with that. Yeah. And that's how a lot of people do see it, as a guilty pleasure. I don't know. I think it's somewhat like a girl power movie in itself, even though it does have a breakdown of girl relationships, but that's a whole thing. Um, and it does have that sleepover vibe, which I remember, so, like, I believe I was watching it at a sleepover, yeah. if I really think about it. Um, and in a lot of ways, it captures sleepover vibes as well, down to playing light as a feather, which we actually had that discussion in our chat, whether or not we'd all played it. I think we all tried. 
none of us were successful. Yeah, right? we all tried. None of us were successful. In case anyone doesn't know what this is, I imagine you all do, but it's sort of a classic sleepover game that usually girls play, at least in our media. Um, I don't know if that's true, but uh, where you chant light as a feather and you... Stiff I, as a board. Stiff as a board, light as a feather. While one person is lying kind of flat on the ground and each of you has one finger... I think if you're doing it correctly, it's supposed to be at like every kind of corner. Yeah. But you have one finger underneath and it is totally possible you'll lift the person up, but it feels like right. you're doing, you're casting some type of spell. Right. And unless, like, I think when we did it, I was saying that we had 15 girls around like a 70 pound, like a 50 pound girl. Mm-hmm. So we lifted her up, but it wasn't magic. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but anyway, it goes to the classic slow motion walk we talked about uh, through the high school scene. They're practically glowing with power and confidence, which could be a whole other conversation about them actually feeling it more so than them being it. And a sharp contrast to how they started out in the movie and all of it down to their friendship. Ultimately, the strong bond is eroded and twisted by the external oppressive forces that they had used witchcraft to overcome, symbolic of how societal structures so often turn women against each other. And this movie came out amidst a wave of high school coming-of-age stories, a lot of them cult classics, but it stood out in the undertone of darkness in comparison to the rest of them. The fashion of most of the main cast was kind of gothy, kind of punkish, kind of grungy. There weren't many, if any, predecessors of mainstream dark female empowerment films. It is often compared to Heather's, Samantha, which yes. I still yes, have not is. seen, but you have, and we could do a virtual party of that. Yes. Um, and it's, it's often, I loved this, in a lot of articles, it was called the anti-clueless. Yeah. <laughs> a yeah. lot of people, in going back and reading reviews, especially written, you know, after it's been out for a certain amount of time and uh, people reminiscing about what they loved about it, a lot of people connected with Nancy specifically, at least from the things I read. And she's definitely, like, the first time you see her, she's just outright derisive and sort of over it. And she is full of rage and fear and vulnerability. Um, she's lonely. She's in an abusive and impoverished household. She's intense and frightening. She refuses to be kept from power that has been withheld from her her entire life. So I absolutely see why people connected with it. And we've talked so many times about how women aren't allowed to experience those things a lot of time. Rage mm-hmm. is not a feminine emotion. And she embraces all of that. And of course... She is the one that ultimately gets super power hungry and ends up in a mental asylum. Right. And we're going to talk more about what that means. Right. But I totally can see why people connected with that, especially young girls and women. Right. And of course, this is also can talk about just the depression and the anger and the angst and the darkness, which she was obviously in the embodiment of while Robin Tooney's character was light and bright and all of that. But that's a whole other thing. So we're going to talk about 
themes now. So witches in pop culture, which I love some witches. Witches have often been a term for women who, in one way or another, does not follow society's rules. For a lot of young girls, cultural depictions of witches is our first depiction of female empowerment and feminism. Yes, we know if you're a feminist, you may be a witch. Right. You've heard this, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> in many of these stories, though, the women in question ultimately are punished for their search for power, which speaks to, again, our fear around female power and ambition. Oh my gosh. There's almost this message of, see, little lady, you couldn't handle it. All these things holding you back are for your own good. So sure, you can have some power, but not too much. So if you don't conform to the narrow definition in rural society grants you, you will be deemed as mentally ill and locked away until you do. So get yourself straight, woman, because you can't have too much power because it corrupts you. That's right. That's right. Their rise in witchcraft happens alongside their awakening sexuality, which is something else our society is terrified of. I very, very much want to do a spoiled Saturday or whatever we arrive at on The Witch. I could talk about this forever. (laughs) Forever. Mm -hmm. Um, We do have more to say about witches, but first we're going to pause for a quick break for a word from our sponsor. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. So something else we see with these characters is that they do fall in the traps of their wishes and desires and are punished for them. This is pretty much any wish movie trope. Uh, Bonnie's wish for beauty fosters narcissism. Sarah's love spell leads to an attempted rape. Rochelle's revenge spell traumatizes her target, and Nancy's foray with power culminates in the torment, death, and dissolution of their coven. Uh, I can also see a coming-of-age thing here, too. Sort of the moral tale, decisions have consequences, but also women going after what they want will be punished. There's that going on as well. Right. Yeah. So, of course... We couldn't talk about this specific movie unless we also talked about the other examples, which actually Annie and I are slowly plotting to do maybe like a, what, triple feature with some of these? Um, Because you haven't seen all of them. But other examples between witchcraft and magic and women and all of the downfalls of power we can see, the practical magic, which is, I know, a lot of people's favorite. It's been a long time since I've seen it. All I remember is... um, Nicole Kidman dancing about being wicked in her own way. Oh, really? I've yeah, never yeah, seen I think it, she, but I know. Isn't that the one where they can't find love? They were cursed? Yes, I think like the, they're cursed and they die, they die or something. I don't, it's been a minute. Well, then we'll People will need to bring it back, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Witches of Eastwick, and I love, love. Who doesn't love watching Susan Sarandon, Cher, and Michelle Pfeiffer going after Jack Nicholson in the ultimate way? Like, it's, <laughs> it's a fantastic movie, and I loved... All of it. And I don't think they were originally witches to begin with until they met the devil. And Nick, Jack Nicholson is the devil. But it's a great movie. And, of course, one of my all-time favorite, The Witches. Yeah. Scared the hell out of me as a kid. Oh, my God. But, like, Angelica Houston taking off her face. Oh, see, oh, one of those moments. You've told me about this. And I know I've said before on the podcast, I never watched this movie, even though we owned it. Because the cover scared me so badly. <laughs> but I, I bet I'd really like it. I should definitely check oh, it out. Oh, I think the, one of the reasons I'm afraid of like paintings with people in it is because of this movie. Ooh. 
That is a creepy one. But Ghostbusters yeah. 2 is what did that for me. <laughs> oh, oh, that's fair. That's fair. Another classic. <laughs> um, there's also Hocus Pocus, which I know I've said before, but I watched that movie so many times. It got banned from my household when I was eight, and I didn't watch it again until college. <laughs> uh, but now every Halloween, of course, got to watch it. Kiki's Delivery Service. Teen Witch. I've never seen that one. You've never seen Teen Witch? No. That's an 80s classic, late 80s, early 90s classic. That one looks much more cheery. Than... It is. There's a musical number in there, I oh, believe. Oh, really? Or a dance sequence. I, can't, I know there's something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Okay. The, so I did watch Charmed, the television show, like the, through its entirety, and I had a huge crush. It's really funny because if I make a list of all of my fictional crushes I've ever had, they're so similar in like their angsty, heroic ways. But I had a huge crush, season six, Chris. Still remember. Never forget you, Chris. <laughs> I can't remember who he was. Oh, he, he probably was a terrible, terrible character. Interesting writing for him, for sure. <laughs> uh, but I liked the angsty plot line. That, that was right, all right. about that. But I, I have not seen the reboot, but I've heard good things. That's currently on CW. I've actually watched, I watched the whole reboot. And I did like it. I liked some of the ideas behind it. I think it was such a, I remember like, I need to go back and watch it. Some of the acting is not great. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do love that the majority of the women were people of color. So it was women of color and yeah. I love that. So it was a beautiful take on that whole change as yeah. well. And I, I really did appreciate how they flipped that. Um, it was interesting to see because it was definitely kind of like how, and I know we're going to talk about it in a minute, Sabrina, it twisted it to be a little bit darker, yeah. even more so than the original Charmed, even though the original Charmed was getting pretty dark. It was kind of like getting to that Buffy level of darkness yeah. towards the end. Yeah, I always liked in Charmed how they kind of sugarcoated what they did and they would call killing vanquishing. Right. Which I, I, I suppose, yes. But I, right. I remember being young and thinking, because I, I had to look it up, and I'm like, oh, well, okay, okay, whatever. <laughs> uh, one more thing on Charmed before we move on. I did read a lot of critiques that Charmed is essentially a straight ripoff of The Craft down to the, they even use the same song that The Craft used, they used as their theme song. Oh. Ah, that makes sense. I can see it. Even some of the actors were like, Charmed, what What were you doing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's Willow and Buffy, who one of my favorite episodes of Buffy is when she goes evil and like almost destroys the planet. I love that episode. Oh, yes. I just remember she was one of the first characters that actually had a same-sex relationship. Yeah, it was one of the first... Same-sex kisses on mainstream television, I believe. Also, yeah, I guess Tara, she was a witch too. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tara was a witch, and that's kind of how she came into her own, right? Tara kind of helped her into that. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember this. Uh, Other shows, which we, I actually have my uh, Sam and Dean Winchester candles lit (laughs) that Annie gave me, Uh, but Rowena in Supernatural, I think she's probably one of the more fun witches that I've seen uh, depicted, because she is delightfully uh, evil. Yeah. But charmingly so, mm-hmm. so I appreciate that. Bonnie in the Vampire Diaries, which I've never seen any of those, surprisingly. No, uh, I haven't either, adventure. but I've been in it. I was in Oh, one. were you an extra? Yeah, but like we spent 16 hours shooting that scene and then they cut it. <laughs> <laughs> but you hate it. But I got, I got, I like, I was some girl that ran into, I think his name was Steve. He was one of the hot vampires at their prom, okay. their 20s themed prom. And the actor was like, is she supposed to run into me? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, anyway. they did not like that. Mm-hmm. Someone didn't read their script. <laughs> um, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, which fantastic. Uh, I haven't watched the newest season. I didn't hear too yeah. many great reviews of the newest season, but it's definitely very dark. <laughs> uh, American Horror Story Coven, which is probably one of my favorite seasons. Mm-hmm. Of American Horror Story, I haven't seen Apocalypse, but it does have witches in it as well, yes. which makes sense. They all because I saw the first few episodes, and yeah, like they're steampunk ready to go. I think <laughs> interesting. Okay, okay. Uh, the Witch, which I've already brought up, and I I love that movie. I love 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 it. It's so good. Uh, the Wizard of Oz um, and Wicked, Maleficent, Harry Potter, of course, and Chronicles of Narnia: The White Witch. Yes. Yes. Um, and just throw that there. Once upon a time, obviously, yeah, has yeah, yeah, yeah. several different witches in there. Um, who you also have the good versus evil, and what is actually good, what is evil. Yeah, so it's just kind of fun to see. I definitely feel like, um, and in our famous pop culture examples of witches, there are two main threads, and this is simplifying, but empowerment and punishment. Many early witches were depicted as evil, power-hungry, coming for your children so that they can stay young, often in ways that we as an audience could laugh at and be a little nervous of at the same time. She's sinister, but let's laugh at her. Um, Maybe I'm reading too deeply into it. I don't know. But it sort of seems like we're saying don't trust women, but also don't take them seriously because ultimately they're not really a threat. I don't know. Uh, Also, the whole only bad witches are ugly. Uh, It's... Is it... She even says that directly in The Wizard of Oz. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of our earlier renditions of witches painted them. We all know the image of sort of an old hag, green skin, ugly. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, in Once Upon a Time, that's exactly how they do it. Uh, she, her envy turns her green. And so ah. she looks a little more, yeah, so like it's kind of her jealousy. So therefore, that's why she becomes green. So, and if we take a look at the motivations. A lot of them are stereotypical things associated with women, youth, and love. But some of them, especially the more modern ones, are all about finding power in a patriarchal system, which, hey, that's how you see Rowena in Supernatural. She comes in going after pimps. Yeah. It was really, it's really interesting. She's badass. Um, so witches are having a cultural moment, and I think it's like an off and on. They always are in some at some point in time. Right. It's cyclical. And there are a lot of articles about why that is. Uh, many see it as a direct result of a slew of public and painful instances of misogyny, a manifestation of female rage and the desire of empowerment and a feeling of control. Because as we see in the news today, as long as we've been fighting for this, it still hasn't happened. Yeah. Hmm. So, of course, we're going to see where we have a fantasy level, I think, of trying to see that in reality and embracing the scarier side of femininity and not caring if it makes people scared or uncomfortable. Finally, getting to the point of rage is okay. Yes. To a certain extent. And a lot of these witches have a strong sense of community, too, one that lifts them up and makes them stronger, which is a key for movements looking to implement structural change like. Feminism, And if we look at the 60s and second wave feminism, it coincides with one of the first waves of our cultural interest of witches. Things like Bewitched and the organization, Women's International Terrorist Conspiracy from Hell, W-I-T-C-H, witch. And then during the third wave, we see another rise in witches in our pop culture, Charmed, Buffy, Sabrina, the Teenage Witch, Practical Magic, The Craft, and so on. And now in what some might call the fourth wave, we see another resurgence of pop cultural witches. Right. So for an example, in the first episode of the rebooted Charmed, the three 
Vanquish or Kill, uh, a college professor who is also a misogynist, demon, and sexual predator. American Horror Story tackled a storyline of a man coming over and stealing the power traditionally held by women. And then on Netflix's Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, Sabrina and her fellow witches frequently outright question the patriarchal system, directly calling attention to it. Sabrina herself is determined to infiltrate the male-run world and take it on, unwilling to be a servant in the system, determined to make her one. Right. Yeah, so she's like... I'm so I'm kind of confused by it, but she's her dad's like, you're going to serve by my side. And she says, no, I'm not really into that. <laughs> but you also see the aunties doing the same thing yeah. within the school system. Uh, she comes in and is like, ah, done with this patriarch. We're going to take it and we're going to shift it and women are going to lead and we're going to see how that changes the concepts. And then uh, I was thinking about Charm. The very beginning actually follows a Me Too moment at the college, and that's how it begins, is the mother of the three is one of the ones that's pushing or at least encouraging the girl to report and and also being her support system as well. So it was an interesting look, for sure. It totally makes sense to me that when we're seeing all of these instances of injustice in the news, that the appeal of witches and kind of having that power to fight these things and that right. community, honestly, because that is a huge part in so many of these. Right. And so is sisterhood and friendships, which brings us to the next theme we want to discuss. But first, it brings us to one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. And we're back, thank you, sponsor. So, yeah, another theme of the craft and of a lot of those examples we just mentioned is the power of female friendships and support groups and community and seeing that power as a force for good and a source of power, but also as something that can be toxic. In the arc of the craft, we get to see the power of female friendships and the pain of its downfall, particularly through the lens of teenagers. We see the happiness and strength they get through each other and the power of them working together. Right, but we also see jealousy and the discarding of friendship in the face of power. Young girls have so many rules in place, so many consequences that they face that their male counterparts don't. Of course, the power to do something without consequence is tempting for them, offering a feeling of liberation. Right. Uh, We see examples of the issues young women face when Chris, played by Skeet Ulrich, uh, Mm -hmm. spreads the rumor that he had sex with Sarah and she wasn't good at it after Sarah says she's not ready for sex on the previous night on a a date. And he he acts like he's totally cool with it, but then she shows up at school and she hears these things he's saying about her. She confronts him and he gaslights her, telling her no sane person would want to be with her and that he would never be interested in her again. Right. The scene at the end where Rochelle and Bonnie offer an insincere apology to get power felt really reminiscent of female friendship power dynamics, especially at that age of pretending to be someone's friend and then trash-talking them behind their back. And I'm sure a lot of young women and girls recognize these the pitfalls, the, oh, like yeah. the, how beautiful female friendship can be, but the the pitfalls that are there too. And I just remember being at 
big sleepovers where you'd sort of have people that you were really close with and then other people that you weren't that close with. And this knowledge of they're probably talking about me behind my back. Right. Oh, yeah, I definitely have moments that I remember, specific incidents where one friend of mine who was supposed to be close, she and I were hanging out, and I said something, and she misspoke, and she took it and twisted it and told her friends that I was being mean, and so they rode my bus, and I could hear them talking about me. I remember that to this day. It's devastating. It's devastating. And these things are difficult to navigate just because uh, high school, middle school and high school is such a the social dynamics and power structures are very weird. Right. Right. And we all know bullies and cliques and groups. Yeah. They 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 existed. Yeah. Uh, they may have existed differently for different people. Mm-hmm. I know in my like little group, there wasn't really that level um of like athletes versus this and this. That wasn't the thing. Mm-hmm. But there was definitely still cliques and popular kids who were jerks. Yeah, I still remember that too. Mm-hmm. So, but we did want to mention uh, one of the things that happened with a lot of movies, with a lot of cultural things that are happening today, just racism in general. Um, Rachel True has been really outspoken about how she feels as a character and an actress. She said that she was valued less because she was black. She wasn't included in all the press junkets, even though the three other white actresses were. And the same with the MTV Movie Awards. A scene with her parents was cut from the film, while all the other characters had scenes with their parents, which shows a little more depth and background. Um, And True told Complex, Nancy is dealing with poverty and abuse, Uh, Bonnie has burns, Sarah has a suicidal past, and me, I'm just black. Um, I'm still the black best friend. I'm still that trope to a certain extent, even in the craft. And actually, she just recently tweeted about this due to the fact that People had mentioned the movie and the characters, and they even forgot her name, like her name, or they didn't even bother to look up her actual name while naming all the other actresses mm-hmm. but her. She's like, see, right there is another example right. of how I'm being erased from one of the movies that I starred in. Yeah, in an extremely popular and well loved movie. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I remember the first time I saw it, I was shocked that they just faced that head on. Right. And it does, again, it's just, we need more representation (laughs) because there's space for that story, but then there should be so much more nuance and complexities and so much more, so many more stories out there. Right. Um, And I feel like this was the only character that she felt guilty, truly guilty for things that were happening. And again, that puts it back onto a person of color, the black woman to feel like she needs to change something or she did something wrong when in actuality she was the victim. But I feel yeah. like that was the only case that I saw that in the entirety of the movie. Sure, power corrupts, but you don't see guilt. You don't see blame. And somehow this twisted this again back on her. Yeah. <laughs> Which says a lot and those happens a lot within shows and movies. It does. It does. Um, and I'm glad... We're making progress, but again, this movie came out in 1996, so... And the fact that she's still being erased today. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Oh, geez. Um, But yeah, that's kind of what we have to say about the craft. If you haven't seen it or are inspired to rewatch it, it is on Netflix if you have Netflix. And I would recommend it. I had a good time. 
Yeah, actually, definitely go watch it. Uh, Let us know what your thoughts are. Those who are actually identifying as witches and and believe this is part of your lifestyle, tell us what we see is wrong, is right. You know, give us a heads up. Yeah. I was saying that I was trying to figure out tarot cards and I'm learning those, but I'm very slow at it. (laughs) Seems like it's a little complicated. It's not something you just pick up. It's really complicated, yeah. (laughs) That's a good quarantine skill to learn. I like that. All right. I was like, you know what? I'm very intuitive, so I feel like this should be up my alley. I'm just going to have to learn the cards. <laughs> That's all. Just That's it. Easy. All 10,000 of them. Easy. It's fine. And the many millions of combos. It's fine. You need to like take a video and show it to me because I just love the art of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's your homework, Samantha. I got it. Um, for the rest Become of Become a witch. Check. <laughs> I'm sure I am almost positive you've been called a witch before in your life. That's fair. (laughs) Um, But yeah, for for you listeners, please keep the movie and book suggestions coming. Um, Any any watch party ideas? We are all ears. Um, You can email us at stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram at stuffmomnevertoldyou. Thanks, as always, to our super producer, Andrew Howard. What on Zoom? <laughs> I don't know about that. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I'm Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. <laughs> <laughs> 